Well, open source intelligence is now kind of woven into the fabric of uh, so many different careers. Uh, you may work in cyber, you may work in investigative journalism or police work or any number of careers where you need to find information online efficiently. One of the things that we find is unless you're going into the dark, into the Tor dark web to to do things, to research the, the hidden uh, services that are in there, the general thing that I will say is don't use it as a VPN because um, it's not as safe and as secure and introduces a huge amount of latency into your work. Yes, so um, obviously I love open source intelligence and I have collected a library of links and websites and uh, just voluminous amounts of, of information. And along the way, I started to organize it. And I was using the Start Me page to kind of categorize the places that I like to go and learn. So I have sections in here for things like news and blogs, podcasts, webcasts, newsletters. It's not that hard anymore. And with advances in AI and other things, having skills in OSINT is just, uh, it's a force multiplier in any field you're in. Data, data, data. There's data all around us. But are you curious about diving into the world of data, but don't know where to start? Like, what do we do with all of this data? Well, Brilliant's data analysis path is your perfect starting point. From the very foundations of data to the intricacies of neural networks, this path guides you through each critical step. Think of it as your personal roadmap into the data universe. The best part, it's designed for everyone, including you. Doesn't matter whether you're a beginner or looking to brush up your skills, Brilliant makes complex topics like probability and statistics surprisingly easy and fun to learn. It's not just about the theory, and this is what I love about Brilliant, you get real hands-on experience. You'll be playing with datasets, experimenting with randomness and dabbling in neural networks before you know it. And don't worry about feeling overwhelmed, Brilliant takes you on a gentle journey from the very basics to more advanced concepts. Each step is a low pressure, high engagement learning experience. It's not like just watching a video, you actually actively involved in your learning. It's recommended for not only being accessible, but also very engaging. Brilliant is opening the doors to STEM fields in such a friendly and approachable way. So are you ready to embark on this exciting journey? Start your data adventure today with Brilliant. Use my link below, go to brilliant.org forward slash David Bumble. And what's fantastic is the first 200 people that sign up get a special discount so that you can start your journey into data analysis. I really wanna thank Brilliant for their amazing partnership and for sponsoring this video. I believe that you can change your life through education and Brilliant are empowering many, many people around the world to do just that. Education can change your life, so start your journey today. Everyone, it's David Bumble back with two very special guests. Micah Griffin, welcome. Thanks for having us here. So for everyone who hasn't seen our previous videos, Micah and I have done a bunch of videos together. I've put links below. Been a long time, Micah, so it's great to have you back. I think it was about a year ago that we last spoke. Griffin, great to have you on the show. Big question for 2024, right, is OSINT, I've heard this term. Um, people, the, 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 the example I often see online on TikTok or whatever is people saying, and Mikey warned about this before, don't put photographs of your kids online because people with your kind of skills can find people really, really easily. So perhaps you can tell us what OSINT is very quickly, but then hopefully give us a path, perhaps paid, perhaps free, different options for different people, you know, to get to your level. I mean, how do I get from like knowing very little to becoming hopefully sort of like you guys? Griff, why don't you go ahead and start with the, uh, what is OSINT? Sure. 
Well, open source intelligence is now kind of woven into the fabric of uh, so many different careers. Yeah. Uh, you may work in cyber, you may work in investigative journalism or police work or any number of careers where you need to find information online efficiently um, to help support some kind of a question that you're going to answer or, you know, other information that you need to find. So uh, the world of open source intelligence is extremely broad. Um, and all of us that are, uh, you know, kind of immersed in it and, and considered to be, you know, having some kind of expertise in the field, we're, you know, maybe very knowledgeable about a section of that and then also um, knowledgeable enough in other parts of it to go and find the resources and the people to, um, to to learn those other skills. So Micah and I get asked all the time, how do I get into OSINT? Exactly. And it's such a broad question, right? But it really depends on the person. So um, Micah, why don't you tell them how we've broken that down? Yeah. So, you know, the field of open source intelligence uh, went from a pretty narrow field of you're doing open source intelligence or OSINT in, in support of military objectives yeah. or or for, you know, maybe for private investigators a little bit. And then the internet came by and now so much data is online. It's, it's absolutely incredible what you can find. And so, like you said, David, you know, we, we have taken some of your your vacation photos and located where you were. Yep. It's not that hard anymore. And with advances in AI and other things, having skills in OSINT is just, uh, it's a force multiplier in any field you're in. So to what Griffin said, you know, what we did is we figured out a little while ago that the way to uh, do the, the best type of learning about what is OSINT is to take a course. And really you can take the course or you can do self-learning. And that's kind of like one of those paths that you you can choose and you don't have to stick to one of them, but you do need to pick one of them. Uh, do you have funds? Uh, do you want to get that, that cultivated data really quickly about the skills that you need, the tools that you need, the best resources? If so, a course is the way to go. Griffin and I actually have a course called Introduction to OSINT, which is a free course that we've created with these people in mind. Like, how do you go from, from I don't know anything, I heard the turn on some TV show to, ah, that's what OSINT is. So, I mean, that's that's fantastic, Micah, and I really appreciate you guys sharing with the community. So this is on your, your, your company website, right? And it's a free course that I can take. Absolutely. This is a free two-hour course uh, that Griffin and I created with the the perfectly new person coming into the OSINT world coming in my, uh, coming into. Uh, it's on myosint.training. And you can go to the introduction to OSINT course, which will be in the link uh, in the notes. Um, and you just sign up for it and, and take the course. It's a series of videos. There's some hands-on work that you can do. We talk about security and operational security and make sure that you stay a little bit safer uh, in your work. And we give you a ton of resources as well. I'm glad you mentioned that because... I think a lot of people who watch my channel are interested in cyber. And I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Waka, you come from a cyber background. So, I mean, when you want to like attack a company, like on a pen test or something, you need to do OSINT. But, you know, you could do the offensive OSINT like that, or you could do like, you need to be aware of what you guys can get up to, because if you want to hide your tracks, then, you know, from a privacy point of view, you want to perhaps not share too much data. And Mike, you've done some crazy videos where you, like, I think the famous one I remember is the beer drinking thing where you find out about someone just based on what they were drinking, which is insane. But Griffin, you do a lot of good work. So perhaps you can tell us a bit about the stuff you're involved in because it's law enforcement uses a lot and you do a good cause with like finding missing people. Is that right? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my background is in the investigative side of open source intelligence. So uh, I spent 20 years in the private sector as a corporate investigator, uh, handling organized crime, uh, loved my job. It was amazing. And then one day I met up with some folks in law enforcement who were working together to find missing, exploited and trafficked children. And I realized that the skills that I had developed in open source intelligence could be immediately transferred to the work that they were doing. And I became part of an organization called the National Child Protection Task Force. I'm now their chief investigations officer and I work there full time. And uh, I go between training law enforcement and supporting law enforcement's investigative efforts into finding missing children. Uh, victims of exploitation, suspects involved in those cases. And my specialty and my day uh, day in and day out work is all open source intelligence information that can be found online. So Griffin, I mean, that's great to hear about jobs because, uh, you know, people are interested in this, but, you know, there's, you know, you can do it for fun, um, play games or whatever. But for a lot of people, it's, it's there's, they want to make money out of this. So I'm assuming there's a lot, that there are a lot of opportunities or jobs in OSINT. Yeah, there really are. Uh, and there's a lot of jobs that use OSINT and maybe they don't call it that. Um, and there are some some net now specifically um, consider that to be a discipline or a subsection of their work. You know, in my work with uh, with people that investigate criminal activity, you've got crime analysts, you've got investigators, federal agents, um, different tangential officers that need to find information online. And all of those folks are kind of aware of open source intelligence to a level. Uh, and some of them have received training on it and and the industry, I guess, in terms of law enforcement as a whole, have kind of embraced the fact that uh, open source intelligence is a really critical part of criminal investigative work. Um, but in terms of jobs on the broader landscape, there are so many different careers that use uh, OSINT as a skill. I think about all the investigative journalists that I talk to. Um, folks that are doing sourcing and recruiting, right? Finding that great talent for a company, that's open source intelligence work right there. And a lot of times people don't think of it that way because maybe they don't call it the same thing. Well, I was just going to say that that Griffin mentioned careers in OSINT and, and we literally have uh, free content on YouTube that is a channel full of people that use OSINT in their work, whether it's cyber or whether it's law enforcement or whether it's private sector. Um, you can hear it from people like what, how do they use open source intelligence in their work in these, uh, in these free videos? I love that. I see, I see some people I've interviewed before. I see Philip Wiley's there, yep. offensive security. That's great to see. And then I see yep. Justin, also offensive security. You've got Lizette yep. there. She's in the police in, in the Netherlands, right? Um, a lot yep. of, that, that's great to see because I think it, I see it a lot with terms, right? People sometimes like Google Dorks is a term or OSINT is a term. And it's it kind of excludes a lot of people who just perhaps do this without even giving it a name. Yeah, when I was uh, when I was doing cybersecurity and, and getting into OSINT, I started talking to some uh, some sourcers, some recruiters that Griffin was just mentioning. And, and when I talked to them, I'm like, how do you find people online? Because, I mean, recruiters, that's their job. You know, I have a job rec. I need to find them. And it was really kind of funny that the recruiter looked left and looked right, kind of did that, that, that scene from the Incredibles. And they said, okay, I can tell you this, but you can't share this. I'm like, all right. All right. And they said, I use Boolean queries. I'm like, what's a Boolean query? She said, okay, you go to uh, Google and you type in penetration tester or cybersecurity engineer. It's like, those are Google dorks. We've been doing those since the two thousands. And she said, no, no, no. Boolean queries. So that's when I realized that we need like some kind of data dictionary to map out, you know, this in one field is OSINT and this in another field is OSINT. 
That's fantastic. I mean, the one thing I was just, you've got you've got a course about this as well, I think, is on the dark web, right? Because uh, a lot of OSINT can be done on the dark web, especially, I mean, the kind of stuff, Griffin, perhaps that you get up to. Yeah, so the, the dark web is one of those things that most people, uh, maybe they know about, but they would never go there. They don't know what it's for, how they would use it. Um, the dark web course that we have up right now is the first one of, uh, of what will be a series of getting people progressively more comfortable with understanding the dark web. Um, and it's really that introduction. It's that what is it? How how does it work? How do I how do I kind of put my toe in the water safely? Uh, because there is definitely some peril in the dark web, right? So there's some danger there, and we want we want people to be conscious of of the dangers of doing any kind of online research. We spend a lot of time talking about uh, your operational security when you do this type of work. Uh, you know, in my work specifically, there's uh, there's a chance that you can compromise an investigation or you can alert somebody to the fact that they're being looked at. And all of those things are very detrimental um, in this case. And, and so, you know, we want people to to keep those risks top of mind. So I've been I've I've been asking you guys a bunch of questions, but I believe you've um, you've got something prepared, right, to give us like a path or a roadmap. How do I get yeah. to be where you guys are, or hopefully, you know, try and get as close to your knowledge as I can? I mean, just just you mentioned it offline. How many years have you been doing this? You, I think both of you like quite a long time, right? Griffin, you you've uh, got over twenty. Yeah, I'm I'm just over twenty years now. And I've been doing cybersecurity and and OSINT for probably over 20 as well. So you guys are going to give us like, I hate to use the term, not the shortcut, but like, this is the thing about learning at the feet of mentors, if you like, or learning from people who have walked this road. Um, give us the, you know, I don't want to make the same mistakes that you guys have made or, you know, that old, old boomer term. I didn't, I don't want to walk up the hill. What's it barefoot in the snow, both ways kind of nonsense. Give us like a, a quicker way to get well to, to get to where you guys are. Well, and you know, that's the, that's the exact point that we started out with David is that, uh, Griffin and I realized that they, just like cybersecurity in many other fields nowadays, I mean, if I want to learn how to change my car tire, I can just go to YouTube yeah. and there's a video on it. But you know what? I I destroyed my washing machine the other week because I watched the wrong YouTube video <laughs> and the person helped me destroy my washing machine. And so what we know is that some of the videos that teach OSINT skills online uh, on uh, that are free maybe aren't the the best educators, they aren't the, the most ethical people, or they just, it isn't quality material. So that's why we created our class. We we wanted to do it the right way. Um, I'm glad you said that. I just have to jump in here. I went to a, do uh, to a doctor and he was saying, you know, you can get this, or you can go on YouTube and you can watch this guy who does these videos. And if you do that, you're going to destroy your legs. So it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah, go to go to the go to the people who actually know what they're doing. And that's why it's great to have you guys on, you know, to share this. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. No, no, no. It, 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 that's the exact point is that it's really hard to know as a new person coming into a field, whether it's washing machine repair or whether it's it's OSINT, it, it's hard to know who are the people that are going to teach you the good stuff and teach you to be ethical and have a process and really get you in there and who's just going to showboat and teach you how to do it wrong. Yeah. And we realized too that, you know, at, at some point, if people are serious about anything, they're going to invest some some resource into it, right? Time, money, and things like that. And, you know, when it comes to your your question about how do I catch up to where you are? Well, we obviously have invested a lot of time, right? Over 20 years, we've invested time in our learning. But along the way, we've also invested money. And the reason that we do that is because there are people who are farther ahead who can curate that, that, that knowledge for us and can deliver it to us in a way that makes sense and help to ramp us up quickly. And at the times and places where that's right for us, then we did those things.
Well, that's that's one of the benefits of going with a cure with a course that somebody's created. They've logically organized things. I'm trying to teach myself how to play the bass guitar. I know I just all of these random things we're talking about. I'm trying to teach myself how to play bass guitar and I'm I'm looking online for videos and one person's like, you got to know your scales and arpeggios. And another person's like, don't worry about it, scales and arpeggios. Play your favorite song. And everybody's got a voice in which one do I do I really focus on? And the honest to God's truth is I probably am going to go take a lesson somewhere yeah. and get somebody else's thoughts. So this is a start me page. It's free oh, wow. and on the internet. And this is uh, Griffin. You want to tell them what this is? Yes. Yeah, so um, obviously I love open source intelligence and I have collected a library of links and websites and uh, just voluminous amounts of, of information. And along the way, I started to organize it. And I was using this Start Me page to kind of categorize the places that I like to go and learn. So I have sections in here for things like news and blogs, podcasts, webcasts, newsletters. And what I would do is as I as I read things, as I consumed that that learning, that content from other people in the field, I found folks that I liked and I found products that I liked and I started collecting them here. Uh, along the way, it became a popular resource for people in the open source intelligence field. Um, and so I, I try to do a good job of keeping it curated and, and bringing in new content and things like that. So as you can see, it's laid out in sections and those sections all have a heading that kind of tells you what's going on with it. Right in the middle, you have news and blogs. Uh, of course, you have tools and resource collections, right? Because the number one question we always get asked is, you know, what are the best OSINT tools? Where do I find the best OSINT tools? And you well, guys are going to come back and give us your top 10, I hope. We are, we are. Good. We absolutely will. We absolutely will. And there's a lot of people, as you can see from that section being the largest, there's a lot of people who have collected tools and categorized those links and, you know, put them in ways for people to be able to search for, you know, I need a tool to discover a Discord server or something like that. Uh, and so I collected their collections, right? So that nice. when I need a resource, I can go look for for a resource in their collections. But really, I think where the most value is in a, a page like this is you can see the curated content in the way that you might learn. And so one thing that Micah and I have discovered over the years with teaching people is that not everyone learns content the same way, yeah. right? So yeah. somebody may be an audio uh, audio type listener um, that, that consumes content in an audio fashion. Maybe they listen to podcasts. Somebody else might need to see videos and perhaps they spend time on YouTube. Uh, another person may need to read a book, right? So I have categories for each of those types of learnings, those styles of learnings. Nice. And then I try to star my favorite resources within each section. So if somebody's like, hey, look, you've got 10 books on here and I want to take a look at one or two. Well, I've put a star next to the ones that I like the most. Um, yeah, I'm newsletter. glad you did that because otherwise it's overwhelming, right? And it can be, right? And the whole point of this is to make OSINT seem a little bit less overwhelming. Uh, the community, the OSINT community at large is incredible. I have, I have met some amazing people. I have learned so much from other people's work and what they share in the community. But to Micah's earlier point, you know, you you don't know where the where the good quality is, where the where the good people are. And so I try to really focus on those people that I think are adding value. Maybe they've taught me something or I see them regularly producing valuable content. And I try to bring that to light for other people who are sort of following in that path. And that's the whole point of the Start Me page. It's great to see this. I mean, it's um, even that might be overwhelming. So I'm great. I'm glad once again that you like highlighted the 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 the. the the, the um, items or the, you know, the websites that you really like. Um, but yeah. perhaps you can talk more about this because, I mean, this is great, but I wouldn't even know where to start. 
So uh, one of the things that, that Griffin and I know is that that when you're starting out, you need that direct path. Exactly. You need to do yeah. this, do this, do this, right? Yeah. So, so here's what our recipe is for how do you start out? You pick whatever modality you learn best in. Like Griffin said, um, if you're a book person, Ray Baker's book or Michael Bazell's books, those are like the Bibles within the OSINT field. And if you like books, go ahead and buy them, peruse them, go through them. Um, they're written very well and they're, they're excellent resources. If you're somebody that likes podcasts and stories, we've got some of those over here as well. You know, just start with the ones that are starred. Um, pick your modality. For us, one of the things that's very important is keeping up to date on resources. But for you just getting into the field, that's not something that you have to do until you know how to do stuff, right? Yeah. You staying up to date on the latest AI, OSINT venture, and the tools that use all of these cool things is not going to help you in the long run unless you understand the fundamentals. And the fundamentals aren't really flashy. So they're sometimes not, not, not great, not fun to learn. But in this case, um, we have a whole bunch of training sections here, including the Myosin training and other courses in here. And some of these are paid. And some of these are free. And in fact, one of the biggest things you can learn to learn OSINT better is how to self-research things. Go to Google, go to Bing, go to Yandex, go to some search engine and type in whatever it is that you want to learn. And then follow those resources, collect them yourselves. And as you're tracking that, as you're doing that, make your own list of where you've been, what you thought of those things. And that's going to be a great learning path. I see you got Sands there. I mean, for a lot of people watching, Sands is like out of budget, right? But uh, Michael, you train you train or created courses at Sands, right? That's right. I created the first OSINT course uh, at Sands, Sec 487. Um, but last year, I stopped. Actually, two years ago, two years ago, I stopped uh, teaching for Sands, um, just for a variety of reasons. I wanted to do more with my OSINT training and and grow my own training company. Also, I wanted to make training that was affordable or more affordable to more people. Yeah, and I love that because you guys have got the free training, but then you've also got your package. Perhaps you can just show us your website because there's um, sure. you've got different options, right? Where you can like buy an individual course, but or you can buy a, like the whole year's training or something. If we come over, if we go to myosint.training and we go to and uh, we go to the bundles and tracks page, we have essentially two bundles. Uh, the bundle of core courses that are the courses that Griffin and I have created that give you that standard foundation of what you need in the world of OSINT. That's the immersion bundle right here. Um, and this has 12 courses right now that take you, takes you top to bottom of how do you get that solid foundation? But many of you are probably going to want more, right? That, how do I get everything? Because you know, while we have 12 courses in here, we have 37 courses over in the all course bundle. Um, and that all awesome course bundle has the dark web, has social media platforms, and has some of the more technical things that that many of the people coming from a cyber background may be interested in, like Python, pro, Python tools that do OSINT. But then if you like any of the, if you try, if you want to do any of these, courses uh, and just do a single course because maybe you are looking to get into telegram so we go down to the social media track and we go to telegram you can pay this um you can pay a hundred dollars and um is that a, is that a hundred dollars a month or a year it's a hundred dollars a year okay. david just of your listeners and <laughs> no, that, that's great i mean so the um 
the uh, for people watching is the different people who've you know some people are starting out don't have money students or perhaps in parts of the world where they where they don't have money and then you've got people like me who perhaps been, or like you have been doing it for a long time we just have a company that can pay or you know we 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 far further on our journey so we can buy those different options so you've got the free course on your website you've got different options on your website but the the one that'll always come up is YouTube are there any recommended YouTube channels what's your YouTube channel perhaps you can just show us that um you've shown us sure. sort of the list of people that you've interviewed but um your YouTube, yeah. that's your YouTube channel and then any other YouTube channels that you can recommend? Yeah, so so this is our YouTube channel right now. The only content that we're really putting there are those careers and OSINT videos. Um, that's a, that's our main YouTube content now. But Griffin, I think you know some other uh, YouTube channels that are quite popular. Yep, um, on the Start Me page, I have a couple of them that are starred um, in, the, uh, in the video section there. There you go. Uh, Gary Riddell. Uh, is doing YouTube videos now. And um, I, I would say that he's fairly recently making content. I just really like the way that he puts things together. Um, they're well-produced, but they're not overproduced. And they are uh, often very succinct, which I know people appreciate. And so you can, you know, if you like consuming um, knowledge by way of video, then I think that Gary stuff is, is a really great place to look. Um, we have another one that we um, start on there, the Growl Hicks. Uh, Sophia Santos's YouTube channel. Sophia focuses on walkthroughs and exercises, which we really like because as practitioners ourselves, we like to really demonstrate concepts because it makes the learning just kind of more immersive and, um, it, you know, uh, helps people kind of connect with, uh, with how to perform the skills as opposed to just telling them what they are. And she does a great job of walking through some different OSINT challenges and showing the steps that she's taken in there. I'm glad you've done that because the channels aren't that big, but it's great that there's content. You know, you don't even know about the people out there that are producing all this amazing content. No, I was going to say that, that um, well, I, to your point, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the OSINT field as far as YouTube is quite varied. There's a lot of little channels on there that are doing some really good work, but, um, but it's, uh, it, it's a challenge to really make sure that they're, they really get the, the, their due. This is Benja Benjamin Strick. Ben has uh, some really great videos here. Again, all free on YouTube. Um, got 22 of these uh, YouTube uh, OSINT at home. And he, he, he Ben does some amazing work uh, examining videos of war-torn places in the world, looking at before and after satellite images, and really teaching you how to do all of that. Uh, he's an expert in geolocation and image analysis and video analysis. And he makes it so approachable. I love his, uh, just sitting down and watching his videos. They're very entertaining as well. Yep, all three of those are the start options there under the webcast and videos. So if people want a place to start, that's definitely a great place. I also really want to spend some time calling out the OSINT community and how to sort of get in there. As yeah. Micah and I were talking about, you know, the advice that we give to people when they come to us and ask, how do I get into OSINT? One thing that always comes up is that sense of kind of community, that belonging to the group, right? And it's such a humongous community that it can be intimidating and you don't really know where people are or how to kind of kind of step into the room and meet people, right? Um, so I've gathered up some um, some discords and slacks and some LinkedIn groups, depending on maybe where you go with your own social networking, uh, where you can network with other people in an OSINT-focused community. And that's really where, um, you know, folks like Micah and I have gotten together and so many other people that have gone on to create content and, you know, training companies and do presentations and things like that. It's We've networked and met each other and found people that we really connect with. 
Uh, and that sense of belonging, that sense of community is one of the things that keeps people um, really in OSINT as a passion. You know, it's it's fun to solve the puzzles. It's fun to find that little piece of information online and, and get the answer that nobody else could get. But it's also really cool to feel like you're a part of something that um, that a lot of other people are connected to. And that and that matters to somebody like me. So I like to show how other people can sort of come in um, and be welcomed into the community as well. See, on the top left, you've got like the um, those are the discords and groups that you would recommend people join. Once again, the starred. Yep. Yeah. So, so the thing that I would say is that each one of these groups, these discords or slacks or private forums has their own feel, right? Just like you would, just like um, at lunchtime at work or in, in school, every everybody found their own people that they meshed with. Um, here, same thing. Uh, some of these groups are more focused on finding war crimes in certain parts of the world, and some of them are more focused on uh, just learning and sharing, and some of them are focused on doing exercises. So depending upon what you're looking for and how you want to interact with this, go to a bunch of these and try them out. Just see what it's like to lurk in there and, and see what kind of people are there. Trust me, it took me like four or five different places before I found one that I was comfortable with. And then like Griffin said, it, it helped me amplify my career. I love that. I mean, you've got to, networking is so important. And I mean, if, if, for jobs as well, right? If you give back to the community, it's going to open up doors for you as well. Absolutely. And many of those, um, those groups, those community places will have things like job postings or um, different career focused sections that you can go into because, you know, like we've mentioned a few times, so many different careers utilize OSINT. And if you're a person who wants to get into OSINT, right, like we're asked all the time, really, it's a matter of how do you want to use it and what's it going to be applied to? Because you may have a profession, a career that you already are, are really passionate about that you see yourself doing for a long time. And it's more of how do I incorporate better OSINT skills into the work that I'm doing? And that's where you kind of find your group of people and you find your niche. And, and those community groups are really great for that. That, that's brilliant. But I think for a lot of people, a lot, it's a lot of people in cyber perhaps or in, in other, you know, disciplines, you learn by doing. Do you guys have, is there CTFs or you capture the flag or are there ways to practically learn this stuff? Glad you asked that, David. Yeah, absolutely. Very much like the world of cybersecurity and uh, just other things that are out there. Online challenges are, are a very abundant at the free and the paid levels as well. Griffin has a bunch of them here in the challenges section uh, at the very bottom of his page. Um, each of these goes to people like uh, Grail Hicks, who we just saw her YouTube channel. And these exercises are really important um, because I mentioned, you know, I'm trying to teach myself bass. I watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos, David, you would have been very proud of me. <laughs> and I went and picked up my bass and I have no idea what I was doing. Exactly. So watching videos does not make you an expert in something. I know that's that's hard to, for some people to understand, but it's 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 doing. And so these challenges, they range from classic capture the flags where you sign up for an account on some system uh, like Try Hack Me or other ones and you answer questions or go find and find uh, results out there using open source intelligence or some really more complicated ones like sector 035's quizzes that you start out by sending an email to an e a Gmail account and then it, it kind of leads you through a process to some of these other ones which are are paid 
and you know will help you solidify your skills through doing. I love that. I mean, it's it's exactly that. You can watch a thousand videos about how to ride a bicycle, but until you've fallen off a few times and tried, you, you're not going to be able to ride a bicycle. And there's no shame in failing, right? I mean, it's just you got to get up and try again. Yeah, and actually, actually, the the failing is what helps us learn. Um, I uh, I had a. Uh, well, when my son was little, we went to a, a little basketball team for him and, and he was like six or seven and couldn't even really dribble. And then we looked around and there were kids that were dribbling and almost, I mean, these six-year-olds were like dunking and stuff. They, these kids were dribbling around. They had, they had valid skills. Okay. So they had some, some great skills and the coach said, okay, whether you have skills or whether this is your first time with a basketball, I want you to come here to fail. This is a safe space. This is a place where you learn skills so you can become even greater. And so these places, these challenges are safe places to fail so that when you do get that OSINT work and you're tracking down somebody that's uh, trafficking human beings or uh, oligarch that is doing bad things, you don't fail there. Or if you do fail, you know how to work through it. I'm glad you mentioned that because you can go on the dark web or wherever and you can get into a lot of trouble really quickly, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Well, and the reality is real OSINT work is not very flashy. Not very glamorous, right? You, if you read a blog or you watch a case study video or something like that, it looks very exciting and you see all the flash and the fun stuff that people found. But what you don't see is all of the failure and all of the times that you clicked here and there was nothing, or you typed that query and there was nothing, or you got the wrong result or the wrong person, or you had to sift through a bunch of data and organize it in a way that you could contextualize what you were dealing with. That's not the fun part of it, right? Um, but that's the reality of it. And if you're taking training, you should expect to feel uncomfortable. You should expect to run up against things that you don't know how to do and have somebody show it to you and then go out there and try it and maybe not do it all the way and have to go back and watch it again, you know, take your time. And if you're not, if you're not taking on training from that point of view where failure is okay, if you're in an environment that makes you feel like failure is something that's uh, looked at and objectified by the people around you and makes you uncomfortable, then you're in the wrong place. And there are lots of places where you can go and find better, better experience, better training, better quality. And, you know, that's, that's what Micah and I try and put first in the products that we make is the experience of the user is really the most important thing. We want them to get the knowledge and we want them to get it in the best way for them. It all started at zero. And I think people sometimes forget that, you know, it's easy to say, oh, this is dumb. This is too easy. But you know, when you were young, you didn't know that either. And I think that that's something I always try and strive for because a lot of people who watch this content will be new to this or whichever field it is, new to OSEN, new to cyber, new to networking, whatever it is. You've always got to remember that, you know, compete against yourself. Don't compete against other people. You know, some people are very competitive and that's good if it's done in a constructive way. But I mean, at the end of the day, you, you're fighting with yourself, right? To try and make yourself better every day. Well, and, and that's one of the things that was very discouraging to me in the cybersecurity world. Uh, I did a talk about having these imposter feelings, imposter syndrome, because I was comparing myself to the, the uber elite people that had been doing this all their lives. And I was feeling incredibly inadequate. So like Griffin said, you know, people need to find a place where they are comfortable, track their own journey. Hey, last week, I didn't know about this. This week, I know about this. And, and it allows you to really see your individual progress. Don't measure yourself up against other people because it's just going to be discouraging. One of the, you guys have mentioned this word a few times, uh, tracking, organization, keeping track of data, whatever. And I saw you got a course in Obsidian, is it? You know, how do you, what, yeah. what sort of, do you have, like, how do you keep track of all this stuff? Because I'm assuming you, you're collecting, I don't know, huge amounts of data. 
So Obsidian is one of the things that I really love. Um, and in fact, uh, David, I looked at the clip from last year and uh, you you've pinned me down on my favorite tool and it was Obsidian. And because it's just an amazing place to store a huge amount of stuff. Saying that, though, I will tell you that in the past year, while Obsidian is my main note taking uh, course, uh, note taking application, I'm also a big fan of simpler tools like Excel. Um, Griffin was mentioning, you know, that sometimes you just have a whole bunch of data and there is very few, there are very few other tools that can take a whole bunch of data, sort it, um, organize it, filter it like Excel or the other types of spreadsheets can. So that's another tool that we use. Griffin, what do you, what do you like using? Well, for organization, I'm sort of uh, beholden to Micah's Obsidian um, because we have to work together on it. <clears throat> but I, I, I mean, for me, I come from a, from a simpler time, right? So I'm taking notes and note taking applications. I'm writing out word and I'm probably creating more work for myself there, but that's just a demonstration of how wide the spectrum can be of what you can do and be effective. Right. And it's what works for you. It's not what works for everybody or what you should be doing. And we want people to understand that open source intelligence is intelligence work, which requires that human element of processing, that that analytical look at the data, right? It's not gathering up information. That's just information. It's applying that human piece to it. And you can't, you can't recreate the human piece with tooling. Tooling can make you more efficient. It can give you access to data that you couldn't otherwise get. And it can do a lot of powerful things, but it can't replicate what you can do with your mind. And the people that are in there that are curious, that are flipping over those that hundredth rock when everybody else stopped at 99, those are the people that become great open source intelligence analysts because they have that drive and that curiosity to be able to find that one piece that everybody else did. I'm glad you mentioned that because I mean, the I got on my list here like prerequisite skills in some disciplines, like if you want to be like some hacker that hacks or reverse engineers malware or whatever, that's quite a, quite a journey to get to that skill level. Um, is it easier here or is it like, do I need what prerequisites, prerequisite skills do I need to you know, get started? I really think that you have to have a ton of self-motivation and perseverance because like I said before, this work is a lot of failure. It's a lot of looking in the wrong place before you find the right place. You know, you have to know how to, you have to know where to look and you have to know what you can do with a piece of data. If I had your email, David, I could go off and I could find so much information about you because I know where to look. But in a lot of places that I look, I'm not going to find anything. And you have to be ready to be able to push through that and to keep looking and to keep knowing. And you have to be able to follow a process because the, the intelligence cycle itself is cyclical. And as I, as, I, as I run your email address through different tools and I find new things about you, then I'm going back with your usernames and I'm going back with other pieces of data about you and I'm reanalyzing and researching those things. And it's a process that I've learned over time that's now ingrained in me. But you can go out as a person who's you know, newly introduced to OSINT and you can learn that cycle. And then you just have to practice doing it until it becomes second nature, sort of like riding a bike, like you mentioned. I think the, the prerequisite skills for open source intelligence also depend upon what part of OSINT you're going into, right? I mean, if you're looking at at the at war crimes type of uh, videos and images, um, you're going to need some other, you know, baseline skills for how to deal with vicarious trauma and, and how to process those images and or the how to process that data so that you stay healthy. Um, whereas if you're just doing simple social media analysis for uh, organizations or to, to find uh, information about people, um, some of the 
I'll, I'll say it, some of the younger people that have grown up on social media platforms with all the apps, they are native researchers, right? Um, I talk to my kids or other kids about these types of things, like, how do you do this? And they're like, oh, there's seven ways you could do that. And oh, and that what you see there, that's a filter. And this means that they they speak the language and they know how to do it naturally. So just because somebody is starting out doesn't mean that they're already not coming to the world of OSINT with skills that are really useful. So that, that good timing, because that's my next question, age, because a lot of people say, I'm too young or, or ask the question, am I too young? And then the other flip side is, am I too old? And the one I always get is, David, I'm 21 years old. Is it too late for me to get into cyber? Or I'm 27. Is it too late for me to learn XYZ skill? Um, so how do you address age? I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, I, in the last 20 years, I have, I have hired and developed more people than I can remember. And just in recent years, I, I met a young man who was working as a, like an IT help desk person at a college, um, didn't have any open source intelligence skills, but had a ton of passion and drive and knew that he really wanted to do this work. And uh, I took him on um, in sort of a mentorship uh, type of role. And I worked with him in open source intelligence through some volunteer work that he did to support um, our efforts at the National Child Protection Task Force. And then about a year and a half later, I helped him apply for and get his first uh, Intel analyst role. And he thrived in that role and the company did great things for him. And people continued to help him because he had that drive and passion that people could see. And then he went on to a very well-known social media company and heads up an important division that, uh, for them now doing um, very important investigative work to support law enforcement in a role that three to five years ago, he probably didn't even know existed. And it was because of what he had inside of him, not what any of the rest of us did. We just sort of guided him on a path and there are lots of us out there that are ready to guide you all on the path. You just have to know where to look and you have to be willing to put in the time and effort. And I think that it, one of the one of the really important things to think about with OSINT is something that Griffin mentioned earlier, that, that it is human focused. A lot of it is human focused or a lot of it is cyber focused. You know, you're dealing with domains and IPs and attribute, uh, attribution of cyber attacks and IP reputations, or you're researching websites for, in my opinion, it, it's really a very welcoming field. Cause if you are somebody that's transitioning from an unfulfilling job in something or somebody that was great with languages, but really didn't know what to do. If you can translate this language in that language or know how to operate in dark web forums or know how to do something in the cyber realm, those skills, which are not directly OSINT, are going to make you more powerful in the field. A language person is going to be probably more helpful when dealing with uh, possibly foreign social media. Like, what are they saying? Is this propaganda? Or maybe going into certain dark web forums where People like me who only really read English, uh, I can't go into a forum that is in Russian or in Arabic because I won't know what to do. Um, so there, there are un seemingly unrelated skills that with the proper mentor can help you realize that maybe this is an area of OSINT that you're already primed for. And I mean, is it too late if I'm in my 30s or 40s or 50s? It is absolutely never too late. Absolutely not. I mean... The, the, the field is so varied and there's so much opportunity there that if you genuinely have a passion for it or for anything, let's just go beyond OSINT, right? 
doesn't matter how old you are. It matters that that's what you want to do. Spend your time doing things that you love. I consider myself to be one of the luckiest people in the world because I wake up every day excited for the work that I'm doing and the chance to get to do it with, with some awesome people. And uh, some days I don't even know how I got here. Harness that feeling, harness that passion and follow the things that you want to do. Don't listen to everybody else and don't listen to the naysayers and the people that'll make you feel like you're not good enough today. You know what? You're going to be better tomorrow than you were today. And you're going to be better the next day and the next day. And then someday it won't matter. So just put your head down and go work. Griffin, I, I'm not sure if we should talk about this or David, I'm not sure if we should talk about this, but there's, um, there's a downside to wanting to get in the field of OSINT is that you get really excited. You follow your passion. You're learning stuff. Maybe you've taken a class or done self-learning. You're doing the exercises and everything. And now you can't find a job. That's my next question. How do I get experience without a job? How do I get the experience to get a job? So yeah, perhaps you can talk about that because that's that's the big one, right? It's it's fun yeah, to do yeah. this on the side, but for a lot of people, it's I, I need to put food on the table. So perhaps you can talk yeah. about are there good like you know are, are there good jobs? It sounds like there are lots of good jobs. And and sorry to interrupt you, Micah, but like how do I go from mm -hmm. like interested now to getting that job? Yeah, so. Um, there are a lot of jobs that use OSINT. Um, so you may already know the type of job that you're looking for that's going to use OSINT. And then you have to determine, do I need some kind of a certification? Do I need a specific skill set? And then how do I develop that? And that's where those learning resources that we shared can come in handy because you can focus your time on particular courseware. You can focus your learning in a particular area. Um, if you don't know yet what kind of career you want, but you know that open source intelligence speaks to you and that you want to be a part of it, well, then that's where you need to go out and you need to find that mentorship. You need to find the training that um, that connects you to the resources and things that you need to do to upskill yourself. And there is tons of opportunity to get involved in the community through volunteer work, through helping um, crowdsourced investigative um, operations, things like finding missing people and things like that. There's uh, great organizations that are out there um, putting on events to do things like that. You can go out and practice those skills and develop them. Um, but along the way, you can learn, you can blog, you can make your own videos, you can write, you can get involved in collectives of other people that are producing content. You can find universities that are involved in open source intelligence and find programs there. You can offer to volunteer your services to people that are doing good work in a field that you feel connected to using the skills that you do have. There's lots of ways to get involved and develop those skills that you can put onto a resume. And ultimately, the best thing about OSINT is that it teaches you how to get better at finding things online, right? That's that's where we are. So when I'm looking for what jobs are there in the OSINT field, <laughs> you kind of get better, right? You know how to find those things, right? Because you're you're going to maybe use the word OSINT, OSINT in the, the area, OSINT in the topic, OSINT in languages, or open source intelligence. And you'll start using those Google search engine queries or Bing or other search engines to do the research to find your job. There are not a lot of jobs out there right now that say OSINT and this. They will have synonyms. They will have other processes like must be good at reverse uh, image searching or, or analyzing images and video or other things. 
So when you're doing your job search and you're doing your queries, make sure that you create a keyword list of all of the, not just the titles like OSINT investigator or intelligence investigator, make sure that you note all of those skills that you have or you will have when you get to the workplace that you could search for those individual skills or certifications to see if there are jobs out there that are being posted that have those as requirements. Uh, there is a site out there called OSINT Jobs um, that specifically focuses on curating jobs that would leverage OSINT skills. And so um, people can check out the link to that. Uh, it's a great place to go and look, but because OSINT is sort of a subset of other types of work that you might be doing, or it's a it's a skill that's involved in work that you're doing, then really it's about connecting with the career and figuring out what aspects of OSINT you need to grow in in order to be able to do that type of work effectively. I mean, it's great advice. I mean, I, I think we spoke offline. In networking, it's if, if someone wanted to become a network engineer, um, you can go and start like with a CCNA and then CCMP, CCIE is like your, it's kind of like mapped out for a lot of people. It's changed a bit recently, but that's kind of like a, a, a path. In cybersecurity, you know, um, Mike, if you if someone's got an OSCP, you know, you, uh, this guy knows like baseline knowledge, you know, he's at a certain level or she's at a certain level. So is there anything like that in OSINT or, you know, the, the thing is like, uh, let me pitch it to you this way. If you're going to hire me, what would you look for? Is it certs or the specific certs or you're going to look for like, have I volunteered and you know, I can prove this by showing stuff on a blog? You know, what would you look, in, look for in someone and, you know, like flip it around. If I, was, if I was applying for a job, how would I prove that I actually, you know, have got some experience or, you know, do I need specific, are there specific certs, stuff like that? So I'll go ahead and take a stab at this. And then Griffin, I know you have some other opinions. Um, for me, I, I came from the world of cyber and certs were, were a very big thing, but, but it was choosing your path and then getting those certs that would allow you to do that type of work, right? OSINT isn't like that yet. Uh, there are some certifications that are out there, but those certs are, are for products or for specific training courses, and they're not industry recognized necessarily. Yeah. Um, and some of the certs that are out there that are in OSINT that are industry recognized are extremely expensive to obtain. That's like saying, right? Of the realm of, yeah, yeah. Out, of, out of the realm of most people. So then if you if you can't get those, those certs, then you look at how do you make sure that people know you have the skills. Yeah. And for me, coming up in cyber, my whole thing was prove it, prove it, prove yeah. it, right? I, I created a blog. I did some personal research. I, I noted when I did capture the flags. I, I, I created that online persona. The problem, David, is that a lot of people in OSINT are also very big proponents of privacy because they yeah. know that uh, that <laughs> they that people can find, right? So they don't want to have that big online persona. They don't want to have social media in their personal names at all because they don't want people to be able to look them up. So it's a really uh, yeah. big quandary. The biggest suggestion I have for these people is get to know other people. Because if I'm in a community like what Griffin was talking about earlier, and if I'm in a community and I know that you do amazing work or you have great ideas or you, you're suggesting and you're supportive or whatever, then when you say, hey, I'm looking for a job, we've got that personal connection. Yep. There are lots of ways to demonstrate that you have skills or that you've developed skills in intelligence work. Um, you can you can promote it online through things like blogs. You can volunteer with organizations. But I love that Micah called out the community. The networking that happens in the OSINT community 
is really probably the catalyst for more jobs and more career changes than anything else, um, because it's about who you know. And in a lot of those communities, they're collaborating on investigative work, or they're attempting to help on some cause, or they're, or they're offering opportunities for people to participate in challenges and do things that they can then um, that they can talk about in a resume or, um, you know, in a personal website or, or whatever fits them. But having those connections with people who are in the industry already that recognize your your passion and skills, that's really what it's all about for me. And the way to do that is to, for instance, connect to you guys on LinkedIn. But like the, the big thing is to like go into those like discords and places, right? Yeah. I, one of the things that Griffin and I have talked about many times offline is that when people connect to us on LinkedIn or Twitter, uh, we love to 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 make those connections and, and hear their stories or or do whatever. But but that is a one-on-one kind of behind closed door direct message type of thing, and it doesn't represent the diversity of thought. The the uh, uh, well, you know, I went into one of these these uh, discords one time, and I asked a question when I was early in my OSINT career, and I was very focused on cyber and OSINT, and I was very focused on US. And there were people on there from other countries that just blew my mind with the creativity of responses, but also the resources that they had access to that I had no idea about. So yeah, connect with Griffin, connect with myself, uh, but go in and actually start learning from peers that are around the world because you'll you'll be a, a better O-Center in the end. Do, do that networking, do that professional networking in places like LinkedIn um, or other places where you've got professionals in the field that you want to connect with and, and go meet people, introduce yourself, make those connections, have a few conversations with people and get to be somebody that folks know, and that can make a difference. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot now, right? Um, 2024, I want to get into this. What are the top three or five things I can do? Like first thing I go and do is go and register on a Discord, and I'm assuming it's the one on the top left there, right? That's the first one I should go and look at. Yeah, the Bellingcat Discord is is a great one. The one next to it as well, the Case Discord server used to be the Osin Curious Project Discord server is probably the biggest. Um, and there are there are tons of resources and tons of people in those places. I would say that if I had to pick three places to go in the networking world um, for open source intelligence, it's probably that that case discord. It's going to be a LinkedIn profile and it's going to be Twitter. Now, while Twitter has changed and some people have moved over to, um, you know, Mastodon and other places, there's still a very, very large OSINT community on Twitter and you can find a lot of people to follow and there's still a lot of content coming that way. So follow you guys and then see who you follow and then follow those people. Is, is that right? Or have you got a, a list of people I should follow? Yeah, so I, I don't have a list of people um, that you should follow. You could definitely take a look at our, our accounts and see who we follow. For me, it's more about who's putting out the content that speaks to me, that connects to what I, what I need and what I want. Um, and so I would encourage people to go and try out all those places. And and for me, I, it, it, there's a big overlap. Uh, Twitter uh, hashtag OSINT was, was an incredible resource for, for many years to get the latest tool, the latest techniques um, and know stuff. It, it has become more fragmented recently and with people leaving the platform and bots coming in and, and just uh, making it you unsure whether this is a, a good link or not such good link. Um, but I would say... Um, pick a discord that fits your style of learning, uh, Bellingcat case. Um, uh, there are many that are, are for certain languages, um, that are for just French or, or other languages. So if you are a non-native English speaker, there may be some great communities. And then for me, one of the biggest places I am at is Reddit, uh, Reddit, 
slash r slash osint um i love seeing the the questions that come in there and stuff okay so join a community you guys are giving us a great uh, list of great communities twitter um linkedin or um discord etc so that's the first thing i'm going to do second thing i'm going to do is going to take your training right or that should be the first on the list you've got that free training on your website so i would do that um anything else like any other i mean training or youtube channels like just give me the top three things like join this community Go and take some free training you know, so that I can like get an appetizer. And if if I really want to, if I'm really serious, I can buy training. Anything else? I was gonna say I was gonna say um, start to exercise those skills um, and see where your learning gaps are. So go out and and check out some of those challenges in CTFs or watch how people like um, Sophia Graal Hicks has conducted her research and put up those video explainers of of how to solve challenges. And see, identify your own learning gaps so that you can focus your time and effort on training in those areas. So, if I had to break down what what somebody in OSIN, what somebody that is looking to get in OSIN should do, um, it would be one, get that training, take our introduction, our free introduction to OSIN course that'll give you a foundation. Then look for your next training, whether it's on our site and our paid courses or whether it's free resources that are out there. Second thing is get that community. That community is going to help you eventually get the job, but it's also going to provide you that diversity of thought and going to help mentor you along the way. And then the next thing is for you to find places to practice. Now, practicing OSINT is absolutely the easiest thing you will ever come across on the web. When I was in cyber, I had to create this virtual machine with advanced networking and all, and then hack it and then rebuild it and... With OSINT, you literally are going out to Google. You pick a target, whether it's yourself, which is always a good target to start out with because you know what's good and what's bad, what's false information and what's real. So Google yourself. Uh, look at what your usernames are, your email addresses. See what you can find. And then you said this earlier, David, pivot, 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 right? So I searched for my email in a search engine. I found these sites. Let me go and research that. Is that me? Is that somebody else? So those are my top three things that somebody can do to really get a great start in the new year. So... Mike, you mentioned this earlier, and a lot of people who watch these video or watch my channel are also interested in privacy. Um, it's like the more I listen to you, you guys and people like you, the the more paranoid I kind of become. Like I don't want to put anything out online when I see what you guys can do. Like the fact that you can, you know, find out where someone is just by their drinking or like just posting some random photo on the internet. It's, it's insane what you guys can do. So, you know, what's your advice with privacy and like? Also, like if you're doing this, how do you, do you have guys have a course or something that like, how do I keep myself safe? Excellent question. And that is, if we were to say, what is the opposite of open source intelligence? What is the opposite of, of what we do going out and finding things? It would be privacy, right? Is it's, it's removing stuff from the internet or limiting stuff to get on the internet as as you increase your privacy, you decrease our ability to find stuff about you. And this is something that we have covered in our course, operational security and privacy um, that we sell. And we sell because it, we feel like it's, it's an important piece of the overall puzzle. It's keeping you as the investigator, as the analyst safe in your journey to research whatever it is that you're going to research. So this course has all of our tips and tricks uh, about VPNs, about Tor, about uh, how do you remove your data online and how do you even do an assessment of, of what your personal risk-based tolerance is. So I'm glad you mentioned Tor VPNs. Favorite VPN, if any, or is Tor better than a VPN or is it like, does it depend? 
I'm I'm a Proton user. Um, I like Proton's products. <clears throat> I like their I like their quality, their services. I like their options, and I really like their price point. I am happy to, and I recommend that people pay for a good quality VPN. Um, that's one place where I where I don't like to recommend free options in the world. Uh, I do think that that when you're hiding your your traffic that way or protecting your traffic and IP address that way, that paying for a quality VPN provider is a good idea. And I feel like um, for me, anyway, Proton VPN checks that box. And email, same thing. Proton email, or was it like do you have a separate email? I do use the Proton uh, email um, ecosystem, and I have it set up through my domain, um, and I have other addresses through them as well. I like the flexibility in that regard with their product and the ability to to run other email through it. Um, they've also expanded their services now to include a password manager. They've got a drive service. Um, they have a calendar service, and everything is end to end encrypted. Um, um, zero visibility. So I really like that. But you're not paid to say that, but I will. Uh, is that right, Griffin? You're not paid to say that, right? Not at all. I, okay, I wish I, they wouldn't pay me. <laughs> but I will say this for, for, you know, for transparency, I am sponsored by Proton. So they, they do pay for ads on my channel. And I'm going to be interviewing by the time you've watched this, hopefully, I'll be interviewing a very interesting person from Proton. So I'll link that video below if, it, if it's out. Um, but just for transparency, I do get they I, I do use Proton as well. And the reason I use them is because people like you always recommend Proton. And, you know, when I talk to hackers or people in different spheres in cybersecurity or OSINT, it seems to come up over and over again. And that's the reason why I also recommend them. And sorry, Mikey, what about you? Uh, so I'm a Proton. Uh, so many of us use multiple uh, multiple VPNs just because some of the endpoints are, are already burned um, on some of the more popular ones. So I also use Moldad. Um, I like the anonymity that they have, the speed's great, and it gives me a, just what I need to get where I need to go. But you also mentioned Tor. One of the things that we find is unless you're going into the dark, into the Tor dark web to, to do things, to research the, the hidden uh, services that are in there, to look at marketplaces or forums or whatever in Tor, the general thing that I will say is don't use it as a VPN because um, it's not as safe and as secure and introduces a huge amount of latency into your work. And the sites on the public internet that you're going to be browsing to, they know that you're coming from a Tor exit node and will flag your, your, your data or even require you to solve extra CAPTCHAs or maybe even just block you in just uh, wholly. You said something very interesting. Did I hear right where you said Tor is not as safe as a VPN? It, it is not. It is different. You know, if you go into Tor and you are looking up hidden services and everything is is onion encrypted, I mean, it's encrypted multiple times. It's that, that onion encapsulated encryption. That's safe. Going out to the internet through Tor, uh, essentially doing a guard node, middle relay node, and then out through an exit node, that exit node is absolutely the linchpin, the, the weakest spot in the whole chain. If that's owned by and run by somebody nefarious, they might be logging what you're doing, they might be changing your traffic, they might be man in the middling your SSL TLS connections so that they're decrypting your HTTPS traffic. There's a lot of stuff. And there are, if you, if you do your OSINT research, uh, you can find that there are actually studies that have been shown that a lot of these exit nodes are, are uh, destroy your anonymity when you go to the surface web. Staying inside of Tor, not a problem. But going to the internet, that exit node is a very, very weak link. We, we, that's a whole conversation. I think I'm going to have to get you back for that because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of comments about what you just said there. So the recommendation would be use a, a reputable 
a VPN and you guys have given us two. Uh, Tor is great if you want to go dark web, but don't use Tor as a VPN if you're going to the clear web. So Mike and Griffin, it's been like over an hour. Really appreciate you guys sharing your time and your knowledge with us. Where can people go to find you? I'll put your social media links below, but the best place is your, is your website, right? That's right, myosint.training is our commercial site. And then Griffin and I are both on LinkedIn and Twitter. Yeah, we're happy to connect with people in the community. We, we're we here because we love doing open source intelligence and we love meeting people that also love to do it. So please reach out to us, connect with us. Uh, if we can help you and we have resources to do so, then we will, um, or we'll direct you to places um, that might help you. You know, we, at the end of the day, we're happy if you learn something from us, but we're even more happy if you just learn something in general about OSINT and it can be from anyone. And we know lots of great people that can teach you. That's brilliant. Thanks so much.